everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we have another year-end in review. That's right. We're talking top TV for 2021, and just like last year, we have a very special guest, Harry Panko, here with us to talk. Harry, how's it going? Guys, welcome. Thrilled to be back. Uh, Didn't think I'd get the invite. I know we had some hot takes last year. Figured I'd be kicked off, blacklisted, but we're back (laughs) year two, ready to go. That's right. And speaking speaking of getting kicked off and blacklisted, uh, before we start this, uh, it sounds like you've got a couple of TV series that uh, are your most disappointed. Uh, you were most disappointed with, and uh, you telling me I found two that I can uh, maybe give a little bit of insight on. But I'm really curious to hear what were the shows that really disappointed you this year. Yeah, I think um, you know it was it was it was a great year for TV. We were talking before we started this, and there was a lot of shows we watched, and not a lot we didn't like. So, I think that's the first thing to say, and that'll be fun to kind of get into our top ten here. But I did have a couple that, man, uh, I was. I think the the biggest thing on my end is I was really excited for them. Um, I you know I'd I'd done some research, I'd read the books, um, was really looking forward to them coming out, and then when we started watching them, just really really fell off the wagon in in terms of plot, character setup wasn't wasn't very excited. So my first one that that I'll hit is uh, Mosquito Coast. Um, Ooh, okay. I've yeah. never even heard of this. What's that on? So this is an Apple TV, ah. uh, an Apple TV release, which we'll get into later. But Apple TV is probably one of my favorite streaming services because they throw out bangers. Usually, um, <laughs> usually we we did have a we did have a miss in my mind here. So Mosquito Coast was actually based on a book. It's Justin Thoreau, who oh, I know wow. you've seen before, um, and it is based on a book that's actually it's by the book was written by his uncle. Paul Thoreau, uh, which is crazy. Like back in the, I don't know what year it was, maybe 90s. Um, and it's, the book is really good. I read the book last year. Uh, it's about this family that the dad just, he, he isn't happy with society, where everything's going. And he, he, he picks up his whole family. He's like, a, he's an inventor type. He's always building things. Um, and he, he can't really hold a steady job. He basically like sells his inventions all over. His kids are homeschooled. They're kind of, the, you know, one of those verge kind of on, on the edge families as it is, but he ends up picking up his whole family and just leaving the U.S. and they go to South America and he's got all these inventions and they, they, I'm, you know, high level here, we won't go into the book, but they basically end up going off the grid. They go onto this island, uh, into this jungle and it's them living off the land, working with everyone. There's, there's all this back and forth with the natives and people trying to come find them and it's it's awesome. It's an incredible book. We totally recommend it. So I saw that Apple TV had picked it up uh, and was producing it, and it had Justin Thoreau. And I you know, saw the last name, and I was like, "Oh, that's crazy. That's his nephew." Um, but they totally different plot. Uh, family leaves and is like running. They go to like Mexico, and it's it's not really the same. I guess a lot of the same uh, trademarks of the book and themes. Just they completely skip over that. You know, it's the same family deal where they're running, but it just, it wasn't cohesive. It kind of jumped around. I felt like I'd watch an episode and I didn't really understand like what the point of the episode was. Um, and yeah, that was, that was probably number one on my list. And I think the book in the beginning, I was so excited, right? right. I read the book and I was like, Apple TV's doing it. We got Justin. This is a slam dunk. <laughs> Not so much. Not so much. 
And, you know, uh, it's funny you mentioned a inventor kind of going off the rails because uh, I know for our listeners here, we actually just watched uh, Law Abiding Citizen. And uh, that is also about an inventor that goes off the rails in a sense. Uh, so I'm glad there's some parallels to that, uh, to what we just done. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge bummer. That's probably, that's got to be in like my top 10. And this would be a completely different podcast of like top 10 uh, media pet peeves. And I feel like that's got to be at least in the top five of like a really good book that does not make the translation to the screen, whether it's a TV show or a movie, that's just really disappointing. Always, always. What else you got on there? Um, I'm going through my list. I, there was one that, and this one, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw too much shade at, but I, I was trying to decide if it was an honorable mention or a disappointment, but at the end of the day, I don't know. Um, it was a 2020 show. So it's your honor, uh, with our boy from breaking Brad, the King. Oh, right. Um, right. You mentioned that show. It was good, but I think last year when we did this show, uh, there was a, I th- it possibly was my number one or number two. There was a show last year with uh, Chris Evans called Defending Jacob, also mm-hmm. on Apple TV. Uh, incredible. I mean, one of the best shows, one of my still to, you know, even with 21 behind us, still one of my favorite television series of all time. Wow. And the parallels with Your Honor was, it was, it was really, really similar. I mean, the, the whole huh. point of Defending Jacob was, uh, this prominent lawyer has a son who does something bad and then it's him grappling with doing the right thing and he doesn't want to have his son go to jail but he's trying to protect him but he also is trying to do what's right you know incredible this this is the exact same plot but with a judge so brian cranston oh. plays the judge with his son who does something terrible he's, alternate reality yeah he's a really good you know he's stand up in the community he's a fantastic judge really high morals but his son does this really bad thing and it's him grappling, you know, it's, it's the same <laughs> like court scenes and the same. So Is it also Apple TV really well, the, you know, I, the story was interesting, but it, it felt really like uh, just kind of played out. It was like, why are we, why, why do we have a show about this? We just saw this last year. So good show. I ended up watching the whole thing. I thought, you know, I thought it was, it was pretty interesting, but it, it was like a it was deja vu every episode it was like oh, i remember this from from last year was that also apple tv uh no i think i think it might have been paramount plus interesting so i guess next we're waiting for hulu to have their premiere of the the defending bailiff that's of a defending, bailiff and his son the bailiff's son bailiff's son won't keep quiet during the the proceedings and he has to decide whether to kick him or not right <laughs> that's pretty that's that's another pet peeve though right i feel like of of you know the remakes even though that's a i, was, I mean if i was blatant. The, part of the team that put together defending jacob I'd, I'd be watching the show like what the hell's going on here right yeah we, <laughs> we need to call a lawyer we're a law-abiding production company that's we're just a regular guy what are you guys doing defending apple tv <laughs> <laughs> nice okay so you said you had one more one more um I can't, I know we had talked about this show and I, I almost don't want to say it cause I I'm hoping it's not on your top 10 list. Ooh, we'll see. Um, but this was a Hulu show. This was nine perfect strangers. Mm. Haven't seen it, but I've also, I've heard, I haven't heard a lot of positive stuff about it. No. Um, my wife read the book. I, I can't claim fame to reading the book here, but it, it is based on a, on a novel. Um, and she had explained it to me. So I got kind of the, the, what, what's the the, the quick and dirty and the quick read yeah, the, the clip um, clip, clip notes. 
essentially it's it's a group of people go to an island for uh, therapy like a resort um and it's people from all these different walks of life and all this crazy stuff happens on this island or at this resort while they're there the the leader of all these these classes and that's running everything is kind of this really eccentric woman that like all these breakthroughs happen while they're there and the show was just oh it was a snooze fest it was there was you know same same premise same setup I think they did stay I hadn't read the book so we'll, we'll see there but I think they did stay somewhat true you know there were definitely some changes but it just I guess that adaptation of taking that to television um I had heard rave reviews on the book and you know it's it's a really famous one but just couldn't get into it really boring yeah. episodes really lack of clarity on story and and uh yeah forgettable very mm. forgettable Nice. Okay. Not nine perfectly forgettable strangers. Nine per exactly. Interesting. Very yeah, I feel is that the one that has uh, Alexandria Daddario? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think Lisa and I watched ha- like half of an episode in a hotel room, and we were at that point too, just like, okay, what is this? But I'm yeah. sure we were, you know, halfway through it in some random episode. Um, okay, I only came up with two, and one of them is not from this year, nor is it even from this decade, <laughs> but. Oh, wow. uh, I, I don't remember if I told you this, but I was at Second and Charles uh, a couple months ago. It was probably in the summer. And uh, I'd been, I'd just gotten the, uh, like a notification basically that Indiana Jones came out with 4Ks uh, for their movies. And I was like, ooh, like that's pretty cool. But it was like 70 bucks. I'm like, that's a lot. Yeah, and so a- I was like, I'll just, I'll wait for the price to drop. And so, you know, I was just doing my thing and I went to uh, Second and Charles and on the buyback rack, like just, just recently bought back, they had, uh, the Blu-ray collection of Indiana Jones for 10 bucks. And then they had all three seasons of young, the adventures of young Indiana Jones, which I had watched two episodes of back in the day when we had the VHS copies of it. And I thought right. it was okay back when I was a kid. And so I was like, Oh, I was like, regardless of if the show is good or not, like I could make a killing on this stuff. Cause each of the series was only like $13 but there I, I know that like Indiana Jones that's a lot of people like collecting that stuff so I got all of it uh and and I was like I'll watch it before I sell it and so give it a I, chance yeah and so I watched I think I watched like three episodes in the the first season of young Indiana Jones they're like movies so like each episode's like an hour and 10 minutes or something like that but they did not hold up very well they were I mean like they were good for their time and I could see enjoying it as a kid because it's very it's just very boring like it, it felt very boring and and I was like oh and, which was good because I was like I don't feel so bad about selling this but um so yeah it ended up being a very nice sale but I wish I wish I'd have had a better reason to keep them because I was like oh this is so cool uh so there's that one again that's a silly one the only one though from this money, year though. yeah yeah exactly uh, and then, yeah, so at least now I have the, the Blu-rays of the movies. Um, it's called, a show called The Act. Have you seen that? With uh, Patricia Arquette and uh, what's her? It's, it's going to call her Billy Zane, but uh, I don't remember what her. She's a Disney channel. She's a Disney star, I think. Uh, Joey King, I think might be what her name is. Uh, it's a it's a show about a... Did, okay, did you ever see Run on Hulu? Because I think this is also on Hulu. The, yes, right. yes. Yes. You know the premise of Run? Yes. It's the exact same thing except a TV show. And so uh, it's about a mom who is, what is it, Mun- Munchausen by proxy syndrome or whatever, yep. where she, you know, basically is keeping her daughter sick as she grows up to keep her at home and it ends up all being a lie. 
Uh, and I, I'm fascinated by those stories because they're so, they're so stressful to me because like, I hate people who are going like, oh, like to, to imagine somebody going through that. And then also to imagine somebody putting somebody through that is insane to me. But then I've just, you know, in my head, I'm just like, get out of there. Like, come on, fight back. Run, and, run. But, they, but they can't because, you know, they're, they're stuck in that really weird cycle of where they, they believe and love their parent. And the, the show took some interesting turns. I'm pretty sure it was based on a real story, but I didn't like it. And it was, it was very, very stressful. There's a lot of moments where I had that, like, come on, you could like, Oh my gosh. Um, and I think it ends up having a pretty deep, actually it has a pretty wild ending. There's a lot of twists and turns in that show. Uh, but Unless you love that kind of stuff, uh, I wouldn't recommend it just because, like I said, it was really, really stressful. And it was not, again, not what I was expecting. <laughs> but that's like the only uh, thing all year. Quick search, too. That it, so I do know what you're talking about. There okay. was an HBO documentary called Mommy Dead and Dearest. That okay. is the true story. And that I did watch that. That's what the act is based off of. And you know what? We ended up what we watched that after we finished it to see, you know, what the differences were. And we were pretty surprised that they the they did they did and they did pretty good casting too with the people yeah. that they picked. Because I think what ends up happening, long story short, is like she ends up making a friend online and they fall in love. And she's like sneaking her time on the computer because her mom won't let her near anything. But so her friend, her and her friend end up tag teaming and killing her mom if i'm remembering right and so then she get, he's got like sent to like life in prison or something like that but she's also sent to prison for like 10 years and but her whole defense is like look at this like look look at what i had to go through and look at all of this stuff and so I, I can't remember i feel like she got i think the whole reason they did this was that she got out this year uh, and she's yeah. only, I don't, I think she might be our age. She might be a little younger she's than young. us. She's yeah. super all young. This happened, all this happened when she was like, I think late teens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just, just crazy, especially when they're like, you know, her mom, the, the, the worst thing of all, and I think they did that in Rand too, was uh, or run is, uh, you know, she's in a wheelchair and that's like the most depressing one of it all, where it's like when she finds out she actually can walk and it's like, oh. I just like, how you could do that to your own child is just beyond me. So, well, uh, yeah, it probably does hit close to home for you because you were a victim of Munchausen by proxy, weren't you? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah growing up. <laughs> we remember I remember you being pushed around as we were always playing, you know, as children and <laughs> I would just stand up. But I think it was by choice. It wasn't your parents were wonderful. It was just you. I, yeah. What's the there's what movie was that where the guy uh, he couldn't like he couldn't walk, but it was just because it was just in his head. It was like, well, that was, oh, that was in Will Ferrell. That was a uh, semi pro. <laughs> semi -pro, exactly. There's Munchausen by proxy walk. and Munchausen by pro by choice. By choice. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm glad we can differentiate that here. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. But yeah, back to what we said at the very beginning of this. This did feel like a really good year for TV, and uh, I'm really glad for that because I started getting into more TV this year. I've been trying to each year it feels like you know try and <laughs> catch up or keep up with all the new stuff that comes out but it's tricky because uh, and i know we've talked about this i'm not a big tv guy when it, comparatively like i'll always watch a movie over tv but i've right. realized especially this year that like if i like the tv show it is no problem for me to just binge through that show and finish it really quickly so i'm really starting to get into the feel of like okay i can do tv shows too so um from i know you mentioned i think you said your entire list is from this year 
Yes, surprisingly. It, That's it pretty impressive. Work, I'll say. I had to really go through the list and really check dates. There were a couple that were right on the tail of 2020. I, I asked them. I said, nice. get out of here. Wow. Well, yeah, so I'll take the hit for you because I have things in here that are not from this year. Uh, and that is how we do it here. So, yeah, your congratulations, and you get the gold star for pulling that off. I uh, I will have everything on my list just, again, because I don't watch too much TV. But for me, it ha- the rule is this is the first time that I've seen it. So it can't be a, can't be a rewatch. I try to avoid like, okay, this next season or a brand new season, it's usually fresh shows, but there's some shows that warrant, you know, having it on the list, but their brand new season is so amazing. So uh, let's get started with number 10, Harry, what do you got? My number 10. um, So 10 is actually, I I do have a couple, a couple shows on here that I actually started and finished the shows this year. So they were, um, they were older shows, but the most recent season oh, was okay. 2021. So I cool. feel like that still is valid. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, this one was actually, this one was this, uh, this show actually has kind of an interesting inception and, and my number 10 is Lucifer uh, with Ooh. Tom Ellis. I don't know if you've seen it. I have seen a couple episodes of it. I saw a certain someone in those first few episodes as well. Hey, claim to fame. Um, <laughs> we had, I actually heard about this show from you. You had told me about it after you watched a couple of those first episodes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alyssa, my wife and I were looking for a new show to watch and it started, you know, we we're, we're in the doldrums of television. We had caught up everything. So found this one on Netflix The the inception story I mentioned earlier is that it actually, the first three seasons aired on Fox as kind of standard television. They ended up canceling it after the third season. And right after they canceled, Netflix picked it up and produced seasons three or four through six with six coming out this year. Um, So that's, it's kind of one of those, I haven't seen too much of that, but uh, where you have these streaming services kind of picking up these shows to continue development and production on, but um, it was pretty neat. And part of the show, it's, it's fun when you do the reviews and you have a show like this, where you have the entire the entire uh all the seasons in one year right like the fact that we saw them oh yeah right mm-hmm. because you're not trying to go back and remember some of the old stuff but it was interesting to really see how the show developed um it did have a little bit of a slow start in some of those first episodes which i think uh, when you had told me about it you're like it's it's pretty interesting but hasn't hasn't hooked me on yet but yeah. by season two and three they really start rolling and then netflix i think did an even better job of when they oh. picked it up just continuing with with kind of the character development it's a the premise for the show really high level is um it's it's based on lucifer uh the devil the devil yeah he actually he, he essentially leaves Satan himself Satan himself uh leaves hell to open up a nightclub in la um and i was doing some doing some research today actually looking up some stuff just because uh trying to tune that old tune that old noggin in on the show again but it's based on a DC adaptation. So it's a DC character. Huh, okay. Lucifer that leaves hell to run a nightclub. Yeah, the devil I himself. Because I didn't know that. Um, but that's, that's half the show. The other half is he pairs up with a detective um, and is essentially working with the LAPD to solve crimes, um, which I've, you know, I've CSI and some of the, you know, NCIS, I've always loved those shows. Just yeah. So I think that aspect of it, there is some crime catching and some detective work, which which makes it great. But 
at the end of the day, it's, it's a, you know, it's a really good, it's a, it's a really good, like feel good show. I think they do a really good job with the characters. Um, you have the whole mythological aspect of Satan himself and the devil and God and, you know, all the angels that they're playing in here, but it's not too overbearing. And then it, it's funny because you'd have two or three episodes where you'd watch and you're, it felt like you're watching just like a crime scene show, right? right. They're, doing, yeah. they're solving cases, they're looking for, you know, uh, they're investigating and you forget like, oh, wow, this is, this is Satan, this is Lucifer. <laughs> yeah. So that was really interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't watch too much of the show, but that is what I liked about it. I was like, this does feel a lot like Law and Order. Uh, but at the same time, I really liked the concept of like, he's a nuanced devil where, you know, he starts kind of becoming the good guy and you're like, yeah. but then, you know, there's those like other darker demons that are like, what are you doing? And it was like, that's, kind of, I, I liked that. And so, yeah, I kind of wish I had kept up with it, but no, that was, a, that, I'm glad you took that recommendation. Took it and ran with it. So yeah, 20, 2021 this fall, I think in September, the final uh, set of episodes, I think they had started season six, but it was like the final half of it aired. Um, okay. And I think it's done at this point. I think the, the show's finished. Um, That's nice. I definitely would recommend. Yeah. I always, always love when a show ends because, you know, there's just so hey. many shows that just keep coming <laughs> and they keep going. Um, my number 10 is the opposite of that in terms of coming and going. It is a mini series. So it came and went. Uh, and that's that's one thing that I'll highlight on this this for this is that I have a couple of mini series on this list. And I I'm a huge fan of mini series for just the idea of how like how bold it is in making a miniseries because yes. you know your beginning, you know your end. And typically those miniseries are even better because of that. Cause it's like what the only thing we always say that like the only thing better than a long movie is a longer movie when it's a really right. good movie. Like we always want more time with it. And so I feel like miniseries are perfect for capturing that, uh, especially if they're good. Uh, and this one was great. Again, watched it for the first time this year, literally on the cusp of 2020 Queen's Gambit. Uh, and I know you had mentioned that even in your episode, I think we watched the series like after we recorded our episode, I think we watched it in like late January, but uh, awesome show. So I'm really glad that I finally got to see that. Uh, I'm as we, you know, you and I both were very big board game people. Uh, I love chess. I haven't played it in so long, but I used to play it when I was younger. So it was really fun to watch them do that, to watch all of the drug induced, you know, chess things on the ceiling was great. Uh, but then Annie Taylor Joy, she's like one of my favorite actors right now. So it was just cool to see her doing such a phenomenal job. And then I also loved her story. And I don't know if this was, was this a real story? Or was it made up? Uh, you know, I never looked it up. I think it was based on some truth. Maybe so. Maybe so. I just love the idea that she, you know, she was in like a boarding school basically and she gets adopted for kind of no reason other than like, Hey, you know, this is a, a girl who's breathing, like go ahead and take her. But then, you know, you find out that the father is, you know, he's troubled, but it's not like super, you know, he's not abusive, right. but he's like, you're like, he's kind of a, a an annoying guy he's and the mom, he's got some issues. And then all of a sudden, doesn't then he, didn't he die? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then it's the mom and then you're just like, and you know, you see that she's like been medicating this whole time and you're like, Oh God, here we go. And then, but then it was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to be your manager. You can do whatever you want. Let's get going. And I was, I thought that was so cool. And especially by the end of it, where it was like her and, and her mom were like best friends. 
And uh, but then, of course, you know, when she she goes as well, that was really tough. But I just I love that whole premise where there I love a show or a movie where when you're watching it, you think something's going to happen. And it sounds silly, but like you think something's going to happen and it doesn't happen because yeah. uh, I'm just so used to that seeing so much that it's like, where's the next trope coming? Like, where's this piece in the show where the mom says you can't play chess anymore? And we get a whole episode where, oh, this is the non-chess episode where she can't play chess. Like, I love that every time something like that happened, like, I think the best part was, it w- it must've been the moments when her mom was the one talking for her and would be like, no, like my daughter's going to get in and do this. And I was just like, that's so cool that you went from not uh, like not being a part of her life to being her biggest supporter. And so that, I, I don't know, I thought that was really cool. So that's my number 10. Yeah, that's such a, just the fact that you bring that up, that's such a played out trope, right? Of the unsupportive parents that you see. Or the, the bad adoptive parents. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they they gave her redemption, right? To where, yeah. she, to your point, she comes out the biggest supporter. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. There's like the scene when uh, she finds her playing chess and she's like, what are you doing? And I was just like, here we go. But then she's like, oh, so you can make money off of this? And she was like, yeah, she's like, all right, I'll sign you up for a thing. I was just like, let's go. This is awesome. What a great mom. Obviously, you know, she had her own problem. It is not based on a true story. Oh, that makes sense. Because I maybe in a true story that mom wouldn't have been as cool of a mom. Uh, Okay, what do you got for number nine? Number nine. Um, and to to piggyback off your comment on your number 10 miniseries uh this was a big year for him and i'm all in i love it uh, the same idea i think the fact of taking this story that you know is too long to fit into a movie and condensing it into this incredible show right is is awesome and i think there's probably i probably got half of my list is is actually a miniseries so um this next one of mine is it is, I think you watched this one. This is Behind Her Eyes, a mini series on Netflix. Behind Her Eyes, what's it about? I don't think I saw this. Uh, this one is, it's got a huge twist. Um, it's kind of a, a standard storyline of a, I think they're Scottish, Adele. There's a uh, an assistant that falls in love or has an affair with her new boss. Uh, it's a single mother. Oh, yeah. Simone oh, yeah. Brown, single mother. She goes, the, I think the, the show starts, she goes out for drinks, meets this uh, really charming guy um, out for drinks. They, they hit it off. I think they share like a night kiss and then go home. She's all excited. She goes into work for a new job the next day and he's her boss. Um, I think Tom Bateman is the, the boss and the guy's name is David in the show. Um, and you know all the emotions hit her of oh god this is my brand new job the guy i was with last night is my new boss then she finds out he's married uh married to a woman named adele who's a little kind of weird and as the show keeps going she actually ends up becoming friends with adele um there's there's a huge part of the show based on lucid dreaming if you remember oh yeah um where you know the characters are specifically Adele and then as the show develops there's this whole lucid dreaming component it's one thing I loved about this show is it's really built in well with flashbacks and and uh like throwback scenes to specifically Adele's time she spent a bunch of time when she was younger in like a mental hospital um right oh my gosh that's crazy I I I don't know if in this in this review this throwback we're doing spoilers but this is an incredible 
there's a really crazy twist. Okay, what I would say is I'm fine with certain spoilers, but this is a spoiler I would not want to spoil yeah. because this, and for those of you, I, Harry, I'm going to say, we said we didn't have any honorable mentions. This show is an honorable mention for me because I forgot to rate it. So that's why it's not on my yep. list. It probably would have been on my list. It's only six episodes long. So it is, yep. it is easy to get through. We will not spoil it only to say it's probably one of the biggest twists I've ever seen in a show. <laughs> like that was, ending that blew crazy. my mind. Yeah. Ending is crazy. Literally. Oh my, I mean, it kept, it, it felt like it kept going. Like it was like, wait, yeah. no. Oh my God. And this was this was a 2021 show that came out yeah, this year. Another wow. you know, miniseries we'll never see anything else on, but would highly recommend it. Twists and yes. turns are crazy. There's a lot of emotion with these actors and the infidelity plays and all that, but um, it takes you on a wild ride. So, wow, yeah, oh, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah, because I, I, I at least was watching it, and so I was kind of just watching it with her. So I forgot that that was like, I, and I usually try yeah. and rate those ones too, but. Man, because that that had that reminded me a bit of Doctor Foster, just in the sense of it being like this really short and sweet but very intense series, yeah, uh, or or mini series. So that's that's great. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I ho- hopefully you've got a couple more like that. Where I'm like, oh, that's right. I saw that too. I'm oh, usually wow. pretty good about my ratings. Okay. Uh, number nine is uh, this is a Hulu show. Uh, this okay. is one. This is one, and part of the reason it's on here too is this was a you know what let's just watch this like lisa and i watched this as it came out each and every week uh based off of i think we got in a couple episodes late so we were there you know that we binged like four and then it was them coming out each week only murders in the building and i think the reason why i jumped on it so quickly because i was like this trio that's like a match made in heaven i was you know like steve martin we grew up on him martin short you know same thing we've seen him in a couple of things as well and he's hilarious and that's then so selena cool. gomez come yeah. on like what a combo and uh, it did not disappoint the show was really really funny uh, i think lisa and i probably say dips for dinner at least once a week and uh i just there's so many good lines from that show but the mystery was also really cool yeah and uh the fact that you know some of it was funny because some of that stuff it was like oh they left for a season two okay and now we've got i think we've got confirmation there is going to be a season two but i just thoroughly enjoyed this it was fun it kept me on my toes and uh the acting was just so good so this was this is definitely it was a good one for my list so that's my number nine only murders i don't think it made my top 10 but it it's right there yeah Uh, we watched this very recently and binged it and it was you're exactly right. It's the it's the trio that made the show, the whole p- crime podcasting thing. I thought yep. was really cool just yeah, just a big part of our culture. I know. Yeah, that was so funny. Oh, uh, well, and like how they all meet, how they're all listening to the same podcast, and they're like, "Let's go, let's solve this murder together." Right? Yeah, yeah, that was great. All right, what do you got for number eight? <clears throat> number eight. Um... Beep. Squid Games. Oh, okay. I've not seen Squid Game yet. Oh, you th- and I'm just I making know. noises over I here. know. I was like, I what are you doing? <laughs> okay, Squid Game. <laughs> I've, heard, I've, heard no- I've heard nothing but great things about Squid Game. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's, I'm, I'm actually very surprised you haven't seen it. Um, it's, it took, you know, the internet and social media by storm, obviously. Uh, I think it was one of the most popular shows here this fall um, that was all over. People were binging the hell out of it. Um, it is a 
they have the options. And I think we were actually talking about this last night. They have the options to watch it dubbed, subbed, um, because it is in Korean. So I think I watched this one English dubbed, but I do want to almost go back and watch it with the subtitles. Um, Interesting. Just because I, we were talking about, we literally were talking about this last night. I can't stand, you know, as as good as, as good as shows are, I can't stand the, my, my, my mouth is moving. And then the, the voices aren't matching up. They're not syncing up. It kills me. So they do have the options here on Netflix. Um, it's just, it's a, you know, it's a, I think people were drawn to it because it's, it's an ultra violent show with, with a lot of like, there's some sexual themes and then um, it's, there, you know, there's, it's a lot, it's kind of depressing. It's, it's, a, it's about a, just the, like the wealth inequality problem everywhere, obviously in Korea and then all over. But um, in addition to all that, like negativity, you know, really matured elements, all the games and uh, what the show's about, it essentially takes a bunch of contestants, uh, puts them almost in this game show, and they're competing to earn this cash prize. And all the contestants are down on their luck and dire straits, you know, need to get out of their situation. So it's, they're, you know, they're making these decisions to go on the show. And um, the, the challenges that they're going through to determine the river are brutal. I mean, I, it's, it's crazy. But the challenges that they're going through are brutal. People are dying. It's intense. But they're all based on children's games. And there's a very bright colors. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's these big models of playgrounds and sandboxes and, you know, the childhood homes, stuff like that. So I think that part of it was just really intriguing to people. And they really latched onto that idea of just that dichotomy between the mature elements and then like our childhood, you know, fascinations and loves and stuff. But really good show. Um, again, I mean, it was really cool to see too, just the success. And I, I can't uh, remember off the top of my head, the Korean uh, director's name, but very well done. Um, and nice to see another banger come out of there. That's uh, they can do TV. We saw Parasite, we loved it, but they're doing television now and, and kicking the doors down. So it was cool. It's it's funny too. Cause I know that that's something Joey says all the time. My, uh, my younger youngest brother is uh, you know, a foreign TV on Netflix. He says that, cause I don't watch a lot of it on Netflix, but he says it's yeah. really good. Like that, that's where it's at right now is that a lot of the foreign shows are, are just really, really good. Not just squid game, but I know he's probably watched so many of them, but he's always giving really high reviews. Uh, but yeah, no, that's interesting. That was one of those shows that kind of took the world by storm. And uh, I didn't get into it right away. Just again, like I said, it's really tough. It's really tough for me to start new TV when I've got so much else that's going on, but uh, but I want to, so I want to see what the hype is about. I'm always loving a good show. And and it's funny because I think it was a month or two ago. I don't know if you remember that where it was like on the news that this was like some sports event. They made a bunch of teachers like go around on this rug on the ice to collect dollar bills to raise money for their school. And uh, US would be. yeah, and they got in huge trouble for it. And they were like, we now realize what we did was, you know, mis- but it was like, that's, you know, they people are so dumb. Like they did. Did you not see squid game? Like, did you not see right. why this is a bad thing? Did you just give these teachers money? Don't make them work for it like that. And so it, it is funny, the, the parallels to real life. So, and that's probably why people love it. People love seeing people wrestle around in the mud, Harry, bunch of pigs oh. squeaming around in the mud. That's what we want. How much do I got to pay? Come on. Uh, just crazy. Uh, okay. So my number eight, I have star Wars visions as my number eight this was a animated show 
uh, an anime show that uh, I believe was eight episodes, uh, eight or nine, and they are all, it might have even been 10 episodes, but they are all animated by different animation studios uh, that usually do anime. And so they were all tasked with kind of coming up with a kind of a little story, their own animation style. So that's one of the things that really sets it apart is that each episode is different. None of them are connected to each other. Uh, they're all telling different stories. And it's cool, too, because you can you can get through lines through them to think like, obviously, all of these studios wanted to tell kind of stories about Jedi's, which, again, who wouldn't? Because, you know, when you right. get that license, but it was just cool to see how, you know, certain ones focus more on nature. Other ones focused were, were in like the city. Some of them were very vast and sprawling. Other ones were more children's based. And so it was just really cool to have something like that. And I really hope that they make another season of it because I watched those episodes, probably watched each episode like four or five times. And they're short too. They're all like less than 20 minutes. So it doesn't take a lot of time, but its uniqueness is one of the big reasons why I made it on this list. And there's also a really great voice that will voice actors in here. There's a lot of really big names who've lended their voices to the dubs. Uh, but from what I've heard too, for the uh, for the sub voices, for the uh, the uh, Asian voices in here, a lot of them are the same voices. I think they were saying for the subs for the other Star Wars properties, which was kind of cool. But yeah, so that yeah, was that's actually, my number eight. I think we watched a couple of them together. The only yep. reason it's not on my list is because I didn't finish. I uh, think okay. I still have two, the cartoon band one. Um, that I hadn't watched, so I, I felt I felt like a fraud if I'd put it on my list. But in everything you said is is spot on. It was really giving all those guys the uh, flexibility and uh, creativity to take their vision and run with it. Mm, yes, exactly. It was, a, it was a perfectly chosen title. All right, what do you got for number seven? Um, number seven, I have. You season three. Ooh, okay. Um, which I think you saw. Mm-hmm, I saw most of it. Yeah. Um, Penn Badge Badgley is back. Um, I think it was. I've always I've really liked that show from the from the inception from the beginning. Um, I don't necessarily know if I'd say this this season was better than the first or second. Um, I think it had a lot of different elements, but I still think just their the way that show's set up, even though we've seen it before, the um, us following Joe around, but having full access to his thoughts and actions. And I just think that setup for a show is so interesting and it always gets me yeah. hooked where I'm, where I'm binging that every time it comes out. Um, I think the, just the unpredictability and him having to deal with, you know, I think what was interesting is in the previous seasons, one of the reasons I love this show, and I'm sure you can attest to this, is he is always in control. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Despite whatever's going on, he knows, you know, he's already, he's always four steps ahead. A lot of that plays rings true in this season, but loves unpredictableness in a lot of these episodes where he's having to scramble and yeah. you can, you can kind of sense that buildup of just the frustration of like, oh my God, stop killing people um i thought was really interesting plus the whole fact of you know they're raising a family now so a lot of his priorities are very skewed so i think this was it was somewhat of like a redemption series for him too um where i feel like he's become a guy i think i read it in a review um 
typically you you have a you have a television series about someone that's just inherently bad and from the beginning you're you're never rooting for them but you fall in love with them because they're a bad guy throughout the show think like breaking bad or the sopranos right but in you it's like you're asked to like this guy in the beginning and then they're going to give you the reasons why and why you need to be rooting for him um as you get to know him throughout the show so I think that's that that is rang true. I'd say in most of the seasons, especially this one. Um, and again, they have it set up for you season four. It's who knows or overseas international yeah. edition. <laughs> the international edition. Yeah, I saw something that said that there was like a, a secret Easter egg in Emily in Paris season two from this show. And I have no idea because I didn't I uh, I didn't watch that show. But yeah, I would if I had to rank them, I would say season one is still probably my favorite season. But then season three would be the second one and season two being the last one. Uh, there were a lot of wild twists in that season. Uh, and it just it got to the point where I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> how have we not caught this guy yet? But then that whole ending kind of clean, cleaned the slate. And I was like, right. he's brilliant. Like, because, you know, you do you get to that point where, you know, right before the finale, you're like, he like he this is it. Like he's got he's got too much to juggle. He can't like having a such an off the wall partner like that be so sporadic. Like there's no way it's going to blow up in his face. And I just, yeah. that the, uh, the whole thing with the other couple where they're, you know, trying to like broaden their horizons. I was just like, can we please just like, I, 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 I was honestly like, can we please get to more killing please? Like, I just want to, oh, I want to see some more little secret kills. But then when we get to the end, I was like, Oh my gosh, this was just, there was a lot in that series. So no, that's a, that's lot a good to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to unpack. One number seven. Maybe that fourth season they'll call it me. Hey, we'll see. It could be I from uh, third person it's perspective. The sequel to Run. That's Just right. Rant. <laughs> um, my number seven uh, is Loki. So uh, first Marvel show on this list. Uh, for those of you listening, if you listened to our uh, Hawkeye episode, we did talk about um all of the MCU properties ranked this year. So if you listen to that, you'll know all of the others did not make this list below loki uh which is fine again you know there's a lot of really great tv but loki was phenomenal i loved the show uh it just it hit all of the right notes for me i'm a big like i'm a huge fan of playing with time i love that whole idea in this show uh this also cracked the mcu open in terms of timelines so i really like that concept too uh loki was an interesting character and i I just again not necessarily a mini series but when you've got a show that's this expansive for only six episodes, it really makes it that much more special because it feels like everything is necessary. And I think Marvel's really hit something there with their shows because like the Marvel Netflix shows, whenever you'd watch them, there was always an episode or two or three where you're like, can we please get to the point of this? Like, can we please yeah, get to the next thing? And forward, let's move on. Exactly. And I, I, I mean, I never rewatched any of the MCU Netflix shows, whereas like every single Marvel show on Disney plus I've rewatched multiple times because I got to catch stuff and I got to, it's just, it's that good. So uh, along with that final episode and the reveal, uh, everything about this show was just absolutely amazing. What is it? He who remains. He who remains. Yep. And I'm going to actually, um, I'm going to jump forward a little bit. Number five on my list was low. Okay. Very um, nice. We, we, uh, for the viewers at home actually watched all the Marvel shows together. Yep. Uh, me for my first time, Alex, as he mentioned for probably his fifth, <laughs> um, but Loki was actually as I did, I did 
love the Marvel shows this this year. Loki was the only one to make my list. Oh, okay. I think it was my favorite by far. Uh, I think the depth in that show um, was insane. Uh, with with the just the tie-ins to the MCU, but just like also, it was a movie. I mean, like the yeah. multiverse components and the setup that they have for after that show, it totally tied into the big picture stuff and. I think that's that's one of the reasons I picked it for my top ten is as much as we enjoyed or as much as I enjoyed um, you know Hawkeye and and Winter Soldier and um, what's what's the other one What am I WandaVision missing? WandaVision WandaVision I guess that you could probably make this argument against me but for at least some of the other ones it was you know while it was tied into the MCU and you had some of those fun Easter eggs and you know the classic banter stuff like that you're fighting guys on the street you know there's nothing there's nothing major that's going on that's really gonna affect the multiverse i mean this is right what happened in this show i think is going to be tied into the next what it's the whole next series of movies so i thought that side of it and them them deciding to use this mini series on disney plus which i guess is not a mini series because there's going to be multiple seasons but right. using it to do that is incredible and i think it's so exciting for marvel and disney fans because you're going to be getting a lot more of this right i mean i know we had watched their little teaser here for 22 and it gave a it gave a ton for hawkeye uh which we actually just finished love Mm -hmm. that show oh yeah Um, but there was so many of just those little title shots of these upcoming disney plus shows and i'm sure you've talked about this on your other podcast but what an exciting time to now, not only do you have the movie releases that you get to look forward to, but you have these shows that are not inconsequential and in what's going on. I mean, they're directly tied to the overall uh, plot and storyline. Well, I guess it's not a single storyline anymore. No, we, we don't know. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I'll, what I'll do since that's your five is I'll lead, I'll lead into this next one because uh, my number six is WandaVision. So awesome. those are the two that I got on the list. WandaVision beat out Loki because... Of multiple things, the way that it is a miniseries, so the fact that they told a condensed right. story all in one shot, uh, the fact that each episode was a different sitcom of TV, and that's like I grew up on sitcoms, so that was really great to see, uh, especially like Malcolm in the Middle and Modern Family. You're not the boss of me. Exactly, man. yep. But then not only that, but the fact that they were able to introduce new characters like Monica, who are going to have really big ramifications going forward. Uh, And then also just the position that they put Scarlet Witch in by the end of this. There's just so much to love about this. It's like, it's, I mean, everyone says it, but it's true. It's a love letter to TV. And, uh, and so that's why, you know, it it won some uh, Emmys, if I'm remembering, right? It won like four Emmys. Yeah. And so we'll see how it does uh, tonight, actually, at the Golden Globes to see if it pulls off any more wins. Um, But yeah, so yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. I, I think Loki and the reason why it's on my list is because out of all of these shows, for the grander MCU, that's the one that is going to set the most up. But WandaVision is super special to me just because I wanted to see more of Wanda anyway. And so that was really nice to get. Uh, so what what is your number six? Number six, yeah, jumping back. Um, Apple TV, Uh-oh. making a comeback. Oh, no. Uh, don't know if you've seen this, but this was similar to Lucifer with my first pick. This was a show that I started and finished this year um ted lasso oh i've heard nothing but good things about that show i haven't watched it yet i need to but it's two like seasons. two yeah. seasons out um the, the second season came out this year 
Um, I, I believe they're they're slated to keep going on it. It killed in Emmys. I mean, it's it's won a crazy amount of awards for Jason Sudeikis and his role. But you know, high level, it's a college football coach in America. Just this great guy that uh, Ted Lasso, played by Jason. Um, and he gets this job offer to move overseas and coach a soccer team in England, the Greyhounds. And um, it was set up to me as that, like everyone had, to, to your point, I had heard nothing but rave reviews on it, that it's this feel good show and, and you're going to love it. And you kind of start watching it. And I was like, this is kind of sappy. Like what, what's, what's going on here. But after an episode or two at most, I was completely hooked, um, watched both seasons Jason Sudeikis is incredible. It's emotional. It's funny. It's sad. It's, it's, it is truly like the ultimate feel good show. Um, he's, he just wins everyone over with kindness and is just this super lovable guy. And, you know, when he gets there to start coaching all the, the Brits can't stand him. They, they keep calling him the wanker. Uh, they want him to leave, but he just does nothing. But, coaches the guys and you know he, he's he's an incredible soccer coach incredible coach incredible person mentor and he just wins everyone over and um it's it's just it's one of those shows that i'll never they could make a thousand seasons of i'll never get tired of watching the cast that they've got is incredible um seeing jason have this you know southern accent from from georgia in the u.s is really is really kind of interesting but then how he interacts with all the, the European characters over there. Um, and then, just, I mean, to the sad point, there is, like, I think he's, he's, he's have, he has a lot of like marriage issues in the U.S., which is one of the reasons he's leaving. And the whole time you're like, how does this guy have marriage issues? He's incredible. Like, but he's just trying to, you know, work through them. Um, yeah, total banger from Apple. I, like I said, I think this one's, they're going to continue making this show. Um, for, for a long time to come but definitely if, if you haven't seen it you need it on your watch list yeah uh, 22 yeah i could easily see them making 100 episodes of that show because yeah. everybody loves it uh but yeah no i do I'll, I'll get that on my list asap um my number five is uh another show that people have been telling me to watch for a really long time and i finally had the time through my uh, flight there for season one and my flight back for season two when I, uh, Lisa and I went to Hawaii, uh, The Boys. Oh, uh-huh, nice. Uh-huh, which is perfect because they just announced season three is coming, I think, in uh, September or something like that. So, yep. uh, or it was July or something, but uh, loved this show. It was it was one of those instances where, like, you know, I'm going to probably feel the same way when I watched Ted Lasso, where I was just like, it made me feel good that so many people in different walks of life are telling me, like, you're going to love, if you, you know, yep. Alex, like, you're going to love the boys. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, they were all right. And I was like, this is just perfect. You know, you get you get all your if you want to avoid superhero fatigue, this is the show you watch to make you wish that you were watching superhero shows again, because it's so uh, depressing when you're watching it. But it's also so good. Like I loved I loved how it was funny. I, I was trying to think of like who my favorite character was. This was one of the big pieces I thought about. And I think it's Black Noir. And that's only because we never hear him talk <laughs> because anytime any hero opens their mouth, they're immediately a bad guy. And you're like, Oh man, these people, like every single character is so problematic and none of them have a redeeming quality about them, except for maybe, um, I don't even remember what her starlight, 
Uh, Right. But even hers, you know, she's got issues as well. And Black Noir is just, he was such a badass, but he was also like incredibly, you know, he'll, he'll just kill you and not think about it at all. But uh, yeah, I loved that. I loved the whole route they took with, uh, what's his name? The Deep. Uh, I thought that whole storyline was fantastic. I loved Homelander and everything about him. I loved that scene in season two where he's daydreaming uh, about when he's up at the, uh, the rally. Uh, that was really intense. Uh, and then also I loved, um, what's his name? Carl Urban as uh, Billy. He was great. Uh, everyone really just kind of stepped up their game for this one. Like every care, anytime anyone was on screen, I was hooked on them. So I was like, I want more. And then they'd give me more. And then it was like, oh, this is great. I want more. Uh, but yeah, I love I loved it. I can't wait for this new season. Yeah, Storm Stormfront, the addition of her and that. Oh yeah, Stormfront was, so was nuts. That whole yeah. bit too was was crazy. I was like, wow, they're gonna deal with all of this in this season, and they did. They and did. Uh, oh man, just to and now it's like, what? Where do you go from here? Because they're they're at the point of where like everything is cracked wide open at this point, and right. you know everyone's gonna know everything. So uh, that and the. Um, who is it? The politician lady. Like what, oh, uh, what's yeah. going to happen with her? What, what happens when a really good person has a power that is too terrible to understand? Like I, I'm very curious to see where all of that goes. I love it. That was your five. That was my five. And I know your five was uh, Loki. So what Loki. do you have for number four? Number four. And some could say that this is a movie, but I viewed this as a mini series in my mind, and I needed to get it on the list since I wasn't involved in the movie reviews, uh, but Bo Burnham's Inside. You have that as your number four, huh? Number four. Okay. All right. Okay. Guess we'll be getting to it a little later. Huh? We'll be getting to that a little later. Yeah. But yeah, please tell, tell, tell. Welcome us. to the internet. <laughs> have a look around. I'm really glad you got this on your list. Yeah, I, I was, my top four, I, I really will say, um, I would almost, I'd almost say that of my top four shows, they're pretty interchangeable. It was really tough to pick them. Same. Um, as far as the order goes, Bo Burnham's inside. We actually, uh, you, me, uh, my brother, your two brothers. It was a rare moment. Cousins, we all watched it for the first time at the same time. Yeah, it was like eight people. It was yeah. wild. Which never happens. Um, mm-hmm. Just the fact that we had everyone together to, to experience this for, for the first time was in, incredible. Um, I rarely rewatch movies or shows. I rewatched this one probably four or five times. Yep. Um, Bo Burnham, you'll you'll be hitting on this, but is just is a is a visionary. I mean, incredible. Yeah. The idea to put this together, it kind of came at the peak of us all just sitting at home and being, which I think is why why it resounded so well um, with me and and so many of the people that loved it. But um, you know, the peak of us just sitting at home and 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 mm-hmm. he releases that at the epitome of that at the height of it and it just was it was so well timed um i the first thing i did was download all of his songs yep. on spotify i still have them scattered throughout playlists and they hit every once in a while i mean what an incredible lineup that he put together for that and what a talented i've always liked him you know in some of his older stand up but he's him and uh, I think Dimitri Martin is the other comedian that always did the, you know, drawing on the boards and stuff. Right, um, right, right, yeah. <laughs> those two guys have always stood out to me as such talented dudes just with the way that they approach comedy. Mm-hmm. And 
um, it was really, really powerful. I think to, for him to take all that, but then take his vulnerability and, you know, the bad stuff that happens. Cause you never see that. And I think that combination was incredible, stellar, one of my favorite. And I, again, I don't, you know, maybe you could, you could argue it's not classified as television and maybe more of like a movie or a documentary, but um, had to make the list. Yeah, so this was, uh, and I'll talk about it when we get to it. I'll only say, though, that this was a struggle for me because uh, where do you put it? Is it because yeah. it, to me personally, I think it, it falls into the Grammy category where you could nominate it for it being a soundtrack, uh, an amazing soundtrack. You got it for TV, and that's what IMDb listed as, as a TV special, which is what it would be categorized as. But yeah, I would almost also put it as a movie documentary. And so it's right. like, what list do you put it on for your year end lists? Uh, this is the list that I did it for. So uh, with music, I put it as an honorable mention just because, again, it's not it wasn't intended to be a soundtrack. But that's the beauty of Bo Burnham is that it's so versatile. It can be absolutely anything. So, yeah, we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. But I agree with you. These these four that we have coming up, all four interchangeable in my mind. Technically, the top two are uh, are tens, the other two are nines, but uh, they really were all amazing. So uh, my number four, which I have a feeling yours is in this, this grouping as well, but my number four is Midnight Mass. And so I was, uh, and see, that's funny. Uh, so I guess uh, with what you said, I guess our number fours are our number ones. So hey. uh, Midnight Mass, I only put it here because the beginning is a little slow. And when I first watched it, the first two episodes, it takes a little bit. And every person I've ever talked with has said the same thing. They're like, yep. you know, is this show worth continuing to watch? Like I just watched the first episode. It's really slow. And it's like, I can't tell you enough to push through into that third episode, because once you get there, it, you know, it doesn't stop. Uh, this show is absolutely phenomenal. Lisa and I watched it, binged the entire thing while we were in Hawaii. Uh, and it was just growing up Catholic and having that the same sort of experiences in some of these some of these experiences right some of the stuff i don't think either of us maybe not ever, all of them maybe not all of them but uh just not only that but the fact that this guy did haunting of hill house he did hush he did bly manor which i'm not a huge fan of but uh he's just he keeps hitting on all cylinders and i just think that's incredible and the, especially when you look at i was reading a bunch of trivia afterwards and uh, this was like one of the first things he was wanting to make was was midnight mass and he couldn't really figure out how to do it in that movie hush which i know we all watched together way back when that had to have been like four years ago it was about the girl who was deaf and someone breaks into her house yep she's actually working that's that girl is the same girl from all the other shows i think that's his wife in real life or his girlfriend something like that but she's actually working on a manuscript in that movie for midnight mass and uh, it's just they needed apparently they needed a manuscript to be to have on screen to show that she was like writing something. And he was like, yeah, well, I've been working on this thing. We can just use, you know, the first few pages of it. And it is the opening shot of Midnight Mass, the show. Uh, already he had planned that out way back when. So not only that, but just the parallels in this of so many different things, the the fact like the topics about faith, about death, about what happens after you die why you know group think and there's just so many different themes that i think as a country and as a society we're constantly having to deal with and have been getting worse and worse for them to capture it in such a quick way right it's a mini series so it just you know just finished up uh is just is phenomenal i mean the 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 priest was amazing uh the 
I can't say a bad thing about this other than that just the very tiniest of, and again, that's why, you know, these can all be interchanged because these are the tiniest of nitpicks, but uh, just incredible, incredible series. Yep. We'll, we'll dive on that more here. Shortly. Yes. Yes. Excellent. So, okay. Uh, what do you have for number three? Uh, number three, this might be on your list. Um, my number three, it was a 20, 2021 show, uh, White Lotus. No, no. I've seen some, you know, pop-ups of it on the thing, but no, I haven't watched it. Was it good? Oh, that good? You'd you love it. Um, this is an HBO show. Right. Uh, another miniseries, limited episodes. I think it's only six. Um, initially, I take that back. I think set up as a miniseries, but they've, they've recently released that they're going to be producing more. Oh. Um, which is exciting. But this is the premise for this is it's a Hawaiian resort. And it's essentially a group of, I think, like six to eight guests that come in and just following kind of their, their stories and their backgrounds and what's going on. And this was a, you know, it started off as kind of just a, a light show with some, with some jokes and, and you could tell some of these guests and that there's some issues going on, but uh, you find out as you're watching, there's like a whole darker complexity that emerges in the show. Um, a lot of the people in the episodes and a lot of these guests are super screwed up. Um, it, this is the show we, this is nine perfect strangers, Harry, because when I asked you if Alexandra Daddario was in it, this is the show. This is the one yeah, Lisa and I watched. Nicole an Kidman is the one in nine perfect strangers. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I haven't seen yeah. any nine perfect strangers. I did watch a bit of an episode of this show. Cause yes. I remember the resort bit. Um, this this one I would totally recommend is start over and, and bang it out. It's a quick one. It's a quick okay. watch. Um, rave reviews from everyone that I've seen and talked to that's watched this show. Uh, the premise, I think, of the future ones, it's all going to be set up in the same way of, you know, the same kind of deal where it's essentially this resorts all over with groups of guests coming in and, and um, just exploring what's happening. But just like the the banter between everyone, the motivations of these people, um, the unpredictableness of like each episode and what they're going to dive into, what what shenanigans are going to go on, I think was was really cool, and I would definitely recommend that uh, you know anyone that hasn't seen this one, it's 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 a quick hit or two. It's only six episodes, nothing crazy, but yeah, that makes it very easy. I'm adding that to the list because I could probably oh. watch that in two days. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe all in one sitting. Very nice. Yeah, I, I'm always a sucker for something that's at a resort because there's just that that feel of like you can't escape, but at the same time, it's like it's a nice place to be. So you're here to stay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my number three. This is an older one. This has been this this series ended in 2017. It uh, began in 2007. The series ran for 10 years, uh, 500 episodes. And I watched 300 or so of those episodes because a lot of them were filler. And I made a point to try and avoid the filler episodes, which did impact my viewing a little bit. It also impacted why this one wasn't a little higher, both because I missed some small little bits, but also because you shouldn't have to do that with a show. You shouldn't have to look through. And, and for, for those who are more you know staunch about this, yeah, I could have watched all 500 episodes. But at the same time, I wanted to have a life that is Naruto Shippuden, which is oh, the uh, sequel series to Naruto. This is about, this is except two, two years after the last series. He comes back after he's training. And this is essentially the series that everyone talks about. And so, you know, I had loved Naruto so much. 
And this is where all those big moments come from. And so I had seen clips of them. Cam would always share little clips or we'd watch a random episode here or there. But to finally sit down and watch all of this, especially, uh, in t- again, TV-wise, like I spent two and a half months watching this show pretty wow. consistently to try and get it kicked out. And it was incredible. It was such an amazing show. Again, the only reason it isn't ranked higher is because of the filler, but then also as with many anime, it spends a lot of time rehashing things that already happened or the characters end up talking way too much. Uh, and I just, I bet the fights make up more than enough for that along with all of the emotional beats that happen. Uh, and I'm sure Cam and I will dive deeper into this when we have our anime episode, but only to say if this is, if any of you are interested in something like this, this is like peak anime TV, basically. Like every character is made better than when they were in the prior series, especially Sakura. She was fantastic. Uh, but then we also get to see like, what is what is the most powerful that all of these characters can become when they're, you know, leveling up? You get to see all of that in this series. Oh. And so it made it just, you know, you go from the fights in the first series where beautiful hand-to-hand combat and they're, they're fighting on trees to this one where, you know, an entire, you know, miles of devastation is created from one move uh, is just, it's awesome to see on screen. So that's my number three. Is that on, uh, is that on Crunchyroll? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's where, where, you, where I, I watched watch it. it like I watched that. it on Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. Okay. I started watching it on Hulu. It, it is on Hulu, but there was something about, uh, Gosh, I don't remember what it was. I think I was trying, I was doing it dubbed. That's what it was. I was doing it dubbed. I prefer Naruto dubbed. I, I prefer Naruto himself subbed, but uh, a lot of the other characters are so much better when they're dubbed. And so I had watched probably the first 50 or so episodes, maybe a hundred dubbed, and then they stopped dubbing them. So they haven't gotten even to all the dubs yet because it's such a big show. So then I just switched over to Crunchyroll and watched it all subbed, which was still, again, great love it i gotta check it out i I mean my big anime is uh my hero yeah i dipped my toe in much other than that but Mm -hmm. yeah no my hero is great too and i still we still have to finish this last season uh that one's been a little shakier just because i feel like it takes us forever to watch that show and and that's why this is on my list is because i was like no when people would ask me to do things it was like nope i'm watching this show i gotta get it done so i uh I'm proud of how myself. Did you know, for how that. did you know you said you skipped the filler episodes? How did you, you can Google it. Episodes? So you can just Google like Naruto filler episodes. Oh, really? and everybody's got their own. Like, here's the episodes that are canon. Here's the episodes that are filler. And you'd see it where like the this really big thing would happen. And then the next seven episodes are like a backstory about some character that has no impact. Basically, the filler episodes are when the manga canon, is, they haven't written anymore, but the show, quote unquote, needs to go on. So they just write more stuff for the show until the manga catches up. And so it's okay. like some, but I've heard some of them are really good. It's just, again, if I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to maximize my time. Exactly. Especially if it's just flashbacks and stuff. Uh, But yeah, so that was my number three. What do you got for number two? Number two, finished it yesterday. Uh, So this was perfect pushing. Succession season three. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, All right. Let's hear it. Succession is probably one of my favorite television series of all time. Um, They only have three seasons out, but there is a forthcoming uh, creator is Jesse Armstrong, but one of the high-level producers is Adam McKay. Oh, uh, and you see a ton of his stuff in there, which I know we love. We I think we recently watched Don't Look Up, The Big Short, as uh, one of my favorites. Vice, um, yep. but just the essentially the premise of that show is uh, it's based on an incredibly wealthy media family um, in the U.S. 
Um, there's three seasons out. The first season I remember was a little slower to get into, uh, but by the end of the first season and season two, this is it, it had turned into just incredible television. And I think the reason I love it so much is just like the characters are so awful. Um, it's essentially this aging media magnate uh, Logan Roy runs this company called Waystar Royco and you could liken it to like a Viacom or a CNN um, and he has these four children that are entitled lazy uh, useless like have no talents or skills that they bring and they're all vying for who's going to take over the company and what do they get and what do they deserve um, season three I won't give too much away just because this was a recent release. Uh, I think the last episode aired um, end of November, beginning of December, oh, okay. but it was a weekly release through HBO. Um, so I won't give away too much just because I'm sure there's some folks on here watching it live, but uh, it just, it it's totally, uh, the ending I think is so vindictive against these, these kids. I can't stand them and it was so good to see. Um, and, and just the, the storytelling of all their, their backgrounds and what their motivations are. And I mean, it's, it's really well done television. And I think that, you know, they, they typically Jesse and Adam pull in a ton of awards for the show and it's very well deserved. And, uh, anyone that hasn't seen, it, I don't think you've watched it yet. Mm. Um, totally would recommend it when you get through your backlog, it's gotta be on the list. That's great. Yeah, I'm keeping a little running log right now of all your your recommendations. So I've got got a couple good ones on here. That's good. I yeah, I think uh, I think mom and dad have been watching that as well, and I yeah. think they said that they really liked it too. Uh, you know, my my number two is kind of in that same vein of like watching a show with people who are hated, uh, but you just can't help but love them. And it's also about a group of people that, you know, most people would be like, why are we supposed to even care about these people? Because, you know, they're just big and rich. And speaking of big and rich, you know, in the country vein, that is, that is what my number two is, is uh, Yellowstone. So uh, the newest season, I don't know if I'm behind on it. Uh, I did not watch the newest season that just premiered on Paramount. Uh, I'm still Here's deciding if I should get, I mean, I'm still deciding if I should get it, but I, I've been watching them by Blu-ray. So I think, I think I watched all three seasons this year. I might be wrong. I could have watched the last two last year, but I'm almost positive I watched them at the beginning of the year. But this was, I couldn't put it down. This is the first time in a long time that I've watched an older show that fast. Uh, my dad had bought the Blu-rays of the show and they'd been sitting around for a while. And I was like, eh, I'll get to them. The right. minute I finally decided to put them in, I just go 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 and so when this third season came out on blu-ray uh, my dad sent it to me and he was like all right you know catch up and tell me what you think and i put i, I watched it in two days it was insane i just I it. it just go it flies by and everything about it is just so intriguing to me and i know that's because i grew up in that kind of area and i told that to stevie one time he's like we grew up in texas and i was like i know but like you this is the same sort of back whether it's rancher, texas or wyoming this land, rancher yeah. rancher lifestyle bigger than life uh doing things the old-fashioned way and also the whole good old boy attitude of where you know the, he's got all the connections and everybody knows him because he's an old friend and uh this season in particular this third season i feel like every season has gotten better and what i loved most about this season was the relationship between uh rip and uh, i always forget her name 
but uh, the sister. Rip and I, I'm drawing a blank. I know, yes. I know. What'd you say, Beth? Yeah, Beth, Beth, yeah, yeah, Beth. So yeah, Rip and Beth's relationship. I just appreciated it because again, so much, so many terrible things happened in the last season, and honestly, a lot of terrible things happened in this season too. But I'm really happy that they gave them the time to breathe as a couple. Yeah. And hang out and be, you know, be themselves and do some emotional healing with each other, which I thought was really big, especially when you're looking at like cowboy culture and how tough it is to do that in the first place. Not only that, but also uh, I, I have a soft spot for Jimmy because I, I I'm always rooting for him. And he he got me so mad this season when uh, he fell in love with that girl. And I'd say he probably fell in lust with that girl because he was not paying attention at all. And he, if he'd have just focused on that race, he could have been one of the best uh, bucking Bronco oh, guys oh, of all great. time. And he 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 messed himself up because of that. But I loved the the story behind it. I loved the older guy kind of sp- spreading his wisdom and sharing that with him. And then also everything with Jamie was great too. Like I loved uh, just the fact that he, yeah. And he, you know, they kind of kick him to the curb, but then they're like, you know what? We actually kind of need you back. And so then they like bring him back into the fold and he's, you know, but then finding out what he did to his sister was also terrifying. And, and just, there is so much about the show to love and also to hate in that same sense. And not only that, but I'm dying to see this new season because the ending of season three, absolutely insane. That That ending was just, I couldn't believe it, but you know, you keep thinking, could they do any worse? I've heard the ending to season four is insane. So I, I, you know, I'm, they're going to just up the ante again, but this along with a couple of other things like MacGruber and two or three other things has really got me considering getting a Paramount Plus subscription. Yeah, I really want to see that stuff. We, like I mentioned, we just finished Succession yesterday, and I'm looking for my next show. And I think it's either going to be um, Yellowstone season four on Paramount Plus, or um, I really want to see Mayor of Kingstown on Paramount Plus with Jeremy Renner. And oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> heard the best things, but we're we'll good. Why hasn't that been sued by Mayor of Easttown yet? Right. I don't get it. It's weird. Whatever. Must be the same thing like with uh, what was the other show we were saying that they did that? Oh with? God. Uh defending Jacob. Yeah, defending, yeah, exactly. Defending they're just they're they're going through the cycles. They're 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 recycling. Uh That's well a great. great number two. That would be I think it was on my top ten last year. Um yeah. With season three. I I'm in the same boat as you. I haven't watched season four yet. I've actually heard from some people that they didn't like season four. So I'm really interested hmm. in because to you, I was enthralled with season three. I couldn't put it down, totally binged it. It's going to be interesting to see um, how season four is. We'll have to check yeah. it out. And they, they've oh, got that new show that. too, right? 1886 or something. Yeah, like with uh, who's the old guy? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, baby. <sighs> they just, they. I saw a poster of that and I was like, they did it. They've, they've cracked the code. Like he was the last person missing from that show. That big old bushy beard. Okay, well, uh, we may have spoiled it a couple of rounds ago, but uh, our number ones. So, uh, Harry, why don't you start us off? Yeah, um, Alex decided to take this from me way back at four, but my number one is Midnight Mass. Midnight Um, Mass. Midnight Mass. Flanagan does it again, man. Um, I think totally in the same vein of Haunting the Hill House with some of the spooks and story. Mm -hmm. Uh, but also in a totally different direction with the religion. One thing that I'd be interested to see is I think you, and you brought this up, you and I enjoyed this show so much just because of the religious aspect and like our backgrounds. 
And I'd wonder if just a person watching it off the street that hadn't grown up Catholic or in that kind of lifestyle would have the same response to the show. Um, but, but I think for us to watch it after, you know, how we grew up, it was, it totally played into a lot of those things we saw kind of as children. Um, yeah. He, I was doing some research into just him as a, him as a director and he, it's pretty crazy. He, he draws a ton. I think one of the reasons I love his shows so much is he draws a ton from Stephen King. Um, mm. It actually directed like Gerald's game. And that's right. That's right. Uh, what's another, what's his, he did, I think two is Stephen Was it the, the grass Dr. one? Sleep. Oh yeah, you're right. Yes. He did Dr. Sleep. I thought he did two Netflix ones. Let me check. Um, but he, he, he definitely draws, you know, Midnight Mass is his own idea, obviously. Um, and to your point, when I was doing this research, he had, he's been waiting to make this show for years. Like this has been in his wheelhouse and he's been ready yeah. to make this, this for, for little, literal years. And I read that there's some Easter eggs in some of his other movies, like Dr. Mm -hmm. Sleep and Gerald's Game related to Midnight Mass, which yeah. I'd love to go back. Like, I think it had mentioned in Gerald's Game, there's a Midnight Mass book on like one of the coffee tables, which is crazy. Um, but he he totally runs away with it. I I don't necessarily agree, but I have heard the same um, the same comment on the first two episodes being a little slower. Um, I think that I think I watched the first episode with your brother one night, mm -hmm. and I was pretty hooked. And I ended up same as you. We went to Hawaii this year and watched the rest of the seven episodes or eight episodes on the plane. Like, nice. Totally binged it. Um, but it's it's such a it's such a good mix of just storytelling. Um, you have the main characters with Riley kind of coming coming back to this home, coming back to this island, you know, looking for redemption after his accident. And you have all these all these characters have experienced loss or grief in some form, and all of them are using church and like going to church as their as their way of kind of finding you know redemption answers. You have the characters that are a little like skeptical on the outside, like the doctor, the sheriff, the, you know, the town drunk. That's like, okay, what's going on? Um, Bev, I think is the name of the, the nun sister yep. that just, and what a, what a character of the person that's so devout that they're going to follow no matter what, you know, they're going to follow the, the religion, no matter what, it doesn't matter if there's nothing to question, even when we've got, uh, creatures flying around right yeah um but i that's what i loved is they they center on a couple of these characters but every one of these characters was so memorable and they told such good stories yeah. i think to where you want to know more about every single one of them um one thing i had read that i thought was interesting is and that i loved is like there's a lot of like talking and a lot of monologues in this show yeah i think you and i had talked about that because i when i got back from hawaii i had because we'd watched it on lisa's profile and so it was still right. showing as continue watching on mine and i was like well i'm gonna just have to get you know i'll just fast forward through all these episodes and so i'm just you know pressing the button over as it's speeding through and it literally is just a person the camera just shows a person's face and it very good it goes into them and then the next person same thing goes zooms into them and so you really notice it when you're fast forwarding it it's it's a lot of uh what is that called talking heads but it's a lot of that but, that eerie zoom in as you're talking on their head but not to where it's like tiresome like i oh, never yeah. i didn't I notice it the show 
and you're exactly right. You could go back and it's like, Jesus, I mean, this is, it's, it's just, it's an interview, but when you're watching yeah. the show, they, they tell it in such a way that I never even noticed that. And well, I you're hooked on the writing. Yeah. You're hooked on the dialogue and you're not paying uh, like that, that moment where they're talking about uh, what happens when you die, when him and her are doing that, the, like before the night before everything kind of blows up was just so insane. And I remember just yeah. being hooked on the screen. And so I didn't even catch that. It was just their faces the whole time, but I was like, time. that is just brilliant. And the cinematography, I think in the show too, like a lot of the night scenes where it's the storms or they're out, like obviously the last episode with the fires and oh yeah, that was, that was just done so well, it was beautifully shot. Um, and definitely, you know, the story is incredible, really interesting and it draws you in, but there's some creepy elements kind of scattered in, similar to Hill House, I wouldn't say as scary. Yeah, it definitely wasn't, but it was good. But definitely with like, you know, I you saw a ton of parallels with like, Hill House is, I think it was the bent neck lady, and then Riley dealing with the past of this girl. Oh, uh huh. Yep. Where he's laying in bed, and those scenes always got me. Where I was a little freaked out of every time see the flashing lights and like, oh no, here she comes. Uh huh. And uh, what was it? The I loved the moment when he's on the boat, and uh, he kind of disappears in a sense, and the last thing that he sees is her smiling. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, finally free. I just man there's just well so well done though and a mini well series right a little piece but flanagan i'm a, i'm all in on him and anything else he puts together i'm, I'm gonna be jumping on right away yeah yeah absolutely uh, well so one. yeah to kind of borrow yeah. your phrase your number four stole number one for me but uh, my number one is bo burnham's inside and so i won't spend okay. too much time on it only because uh episode 187 of the podcast we spent three hours talking about inside and malignant uh, malignant took probably 45 minutes of that time so we me and uh, good buddy anthony broke down that uh inside song by song literally uh oh, which awesome. just tells you how much i love this series uh, all i'll say is i turned 30 this year and so having this come out literally like a month after I had turned 30 and him, him having a song about turning 30 and just, it felt like every single song spoke to me on one level or another. And the skits, just the fact that he did all, like, I just kept, it was so hard when you're thinking about it. Cause I was like, he needs to get best director. He needs to get best score, best soundtrack, like all of these things. But then you're like, Oh, is this, he needs to get a Grammy for this as a soundtrack. He needs to get an award for this at the golden globes. Right? Like I just, he needs to get a lot of awards for this thing because it's, this is a really hard task to pull off the fact that he did it all by himself. Uh, yep. And that it, you know, he you know you kind of see him cracking and breaking and i still am curious if that was an act or not i don't think it was but it was just a part of me was like pretty convenient that you know it would happen the way that it did in the filming right. uh, but it just if, if he's really bearing his soul like that it, there's a lot there because i think we don't see a lot about how comedians are truly feeling outside of their performances and I just there's a lot to be recognized with this it really did capture the zeitgeist of the time uh, and is one of those things where I would, I mean, it was made in 2020, but I would say if you're saying, what is the, what is the product? What are the products of the pandemic? I would say this show, uh, probably like Tiger King, maybe, maybe Squid Game, but like, this is probably number one for me. Cause if you, you, you know, yeah. 50 years from now, someone wants to know what did it feel like to be in the pandemic? I would send them this and be like, you need to watch this. Cause this is basically what it felt like to be completely alone, completely isolated, uh, you know, inside, like everything about it was perfect. There was 
not a single wasted bit. And any, even the parts where it felt wasted, you're like, oh, but he's doing a bit. He's doing like a thing here. So this, you know, that makes total sense. So yeah, it just, I, I wanted to honor it somewhere. And like I said, I think yeah. TV is the best place for it because it came out streaming as a TV special. And so it is my number one. And well-deserved, well-deserved. Yes. And I, I could eat, like, I, like we mentioned, I could easily slide mine right there. Yeah, that spot. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, what a year. Uh, great amount of TV. I don't know what we've got coming through the pike in 2022, but I imagine I'm praying it's going to be just as great. I know we've got some some great uh, Marvel shows coming out. You got Moon Knight, She-Hulk. None of them have dates yet, though, so I don't know when they're coming out. But then that plus Star Wars, same thing. We've got Book of Boba Fett is out right now. It's, in my opinion, had a kind of slow start, but I'm I'm still going to keep watching it. The Obi-Wan series is supposedly coming this year at some point, too. We have no date. Uh, and then we've got season twos of, of some things as well. So um, we'll see, Harry, anything you're particularly looking forward to this year? Television-wise, um, I think... I mean, I know uh, season season four of Succession, one of my number two is going to be coming out later this fall. So okay. really looking forward to that. Um, I I'm a I'm a little frustrated with exactly what you were just talking about with Disney Plus because I really am excited for a lot of these uh, new Marvel and and Star Wars shows to come out, but it seems odd that they're kind of playing with not showing dates. You know, maybe they're maybe the, it's just too early. What maybe. But it, but it seems like, you know, it just seems like at this point we should have hard dates for everything. So yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to. Um, I know that uh, HBO and, and I, th- I think, to be honest, I'm, I'm not looking forward at this point right now to like a specific show as much, but I'm really interested to see kind of what happens with all our streaming services as this year progresses, because I think we're hitting a point where we're hitting almost saturation across yeah. the board. And you've got the big players, you've got the Netflix, the HBO, the Disney Pluses, um, you know, the Hulus, but then Amazon Prime, Peacock, Paramount Apple. Plus, Apple TV, there's all these fringe uh, networks. And I mean, it's, I think we're going to hit a nexus of a nexus event oh, um, oh, oh. where it's just going to be interesting to see. I think we'll see some uh, collaborations potentially or mergers or acquisitions that'll that'll be looking at combining some of these services. Interesting. Um, that's, that's, I think what I'm more interested in at this point, uh, just to see kind of how that all plays out. Cause I don't think they're going to just keep adding streaming services every other month. Right. It's going to, yeah, we've, you're, that's a great point. We've kind of hit this point where there are, I don't think there is anymore. It's just, we're at this spot where Paramount's got its feet off the ground discovery plus, I think kind of, I don't know if it fizzled or what, but it's still, it's still out there, but then, yeah, you got the big ones, Netflix, all that. And it is interesting because there's a lot of content out there. And I'm curious when that saturation point's going to hit where people are like, I can't do this. Like there's too much to watch. And, uh, you know, as I was thinking though, I do actually have something that I'm looking real forward to. And, and I think you've probably forgotten it. Uh, little show by Amazon studios, uh, the Lord of the Rings prequel series oh yeah Uh uh-huh yeah i think they put like millions and millions of dollars into that show and i am beyond excited because i'm pretty sure 
I don't know. I I've tried to avoid as much as I can from it. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I know you are too. We're, we're both really big fans. And so I'm just excited to see how they pull that off and what it looks like. And I'm glad it's on Amazon because that means I don't have to pay, you know, whatever I'm, I'm going to have access. I will do my best to watch it as soon as it comes out. Uh, but that's, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. It's been a long time and we were just talking about the Hobbit last night. Oh, that's, that's incredible. I, I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. You know, but we I may think, have to do a little rewatch of all the Hobbits and Lord of the Rings before the show comes out. Right. Just to check it out. Make sure we're staying up to date. That's I right. will say kicking back on just actual episodes and shows coming out. Um, I think we're getting a euphoria season two here shortly tonight today. Um, yeah. Premiered, yeah. So that, that is one, the boys season three, you mentioned yep. that earlier. I think that's going to be one. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched Ozark. Um, I've watched the first uh, two seasons of Ozark. I need to watch this newest season before this new or even newer season comes out. Yep. But uh, Ozark's incredible. One of my favorite shows of all time. Um, And they actually have a, they have season four coming out this year on Netflix. Okay. Um, I got to catch up on that then. I think Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Uh A new season coming. Um. And Paramount Plus, uh, we were just talking about them. I think they have a Halo series coming out. So you're right. You are right. Should be interesting. So there, there is, to your point, there is a ton I'm looking forward to um, coming up this year. I think we're gonna have, we're gonna have some big stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Harry, any uh, final thoughts about TV for 2021 before we take a, bring us home? Listen, I you know Alex brought this up early on for all you listeners and. TV is an endeavor. It is a, it's, you know, movies are great. You pop in your movie, two hours, you're done. You wash your hands. We're going home. We're good. Right. Uh, TV is a lot more work. It's a lot of time, but I would, I would definitely recommend people that people that have yet to get into it or or are just starting to test the waters dive in. It's awesome. It's going to (laughs) take a lot of your time, but it is, you know, there's, there's incredible shows out there. There's incredible content. We live at a time right now where just, you know, with all these streaming services, we were just talking about, it's a race, it's a battle to the top. So the content that we're getting right now is just, it's bar none. And, you know, whatever genre you're interested in or whatever excites you, there are top tier shows getting put out um, across the board that you can dive into. And hopefully you can use this uh, podcast as a little springboard. Yeah, perfect. Well said. Uh, I don't think I need to add anything else out of that. Harry, as always, it is always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for all of your insights and uh, reviews. Pleasure to be here and, and looking forward to maybe we'll get the invite 22. We'll see. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you got to just got to behave. In the mail. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. With the check. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening uh, for Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. Uh, we will see you at the movies. Thank <laughs> you.